0: Join me for new episodes on the third Monday of every month on the story behind the song from the Consequence Podcast Network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Back to the show. Do you read Stephen King? Good news. There's a club for you. The Losers Club. And guess what? You don't have to die at the hands of a shape-shifting clown to join. No, all you have to do is tune in every Friday as us losers journey through the never-ending wastelands of King's Dominion. Each week, we'll either spend hours reading between the pages of one of his books or chew on his latest tweets and Hollywood headlines. What's more, we're always having guests over. Thomas Jane, Mick Garris, Jerry O'Connell, Mary Lambert, Will Wheaton, and the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Join us as we read on through long days and pleasant nights. consequence podcast network
1: hello to all of you most special pod people out there welcome back i am your host leo phillips and you have tuned in to this must be the gig you're in the right place because this is your backstage pass to the world of live music and if this is the first time you're tuning in what the hell took you so long (laughs) it's a good good accent right i don't think it's the time to start mocking americans is it no no
0: it's a tough week for that It's it's a
1: tough week But if this is your first time, welcome. I bring you a fascinating conversation every week. So does Adam, the engineer. Adam. Oh, hi. Yeah, I'm not just a
0: phantom voice. I'm a person.
1: I think people know by now. We're on episode 27. This is episode
0: 27.
1: We're we're a 27 club.
0: Yeah, but we're not dying yet, Chapang. baby.
1: We are alive and kicking. A star is born. That was a really good movie. I say baby too. What? That's a really good movie.
0: Oh, yeah, speaking a of, star of live music. Is born.
1: As you can tell, we are scattered.
0: It's been a tough week.
1: It's It has actually been a tough week. And the only reason why I'm smiling is because I watched Made in Mexico and A Star is Born over one weekend. I did not watch any live shows, which goes against the premise of this whole podcast. But sometimes you just need to be indoors, but away from the world.
0: A Star is Born is kind of uh, a surrogate. There's lots of live music Music-y, in there. music which yeah. you hated. I mean, it was not my cup of tea. I'll say that.
1: I enjoyed it thoroughly and have continued with our friend Chuck to sing the songs <laughs> from the movie. But anyway, let's get back to business. If this is the first time that you are tuning in, every single week we bring you a fascinating conversation from the beating heart of the live music and performance scene and that could mean really conversations with festival founders and choreographers, a musician, an actor, a comedian. There's just so many people who have connections and personal connections especially to live performance and live music. So are you jealous of our guest today?
0: Oh my gosh, I was really, really <laughs> jealous about your whole experience when I learned you were on the road traveling to interview Devin Welsh, yes, formerly he was... of Magical Clouds.
1: So I hopped into a lift, L Y F T, not a elevator for those non-Americans <laughs> out there. I hopped into a lift and the entire interior was kitted out with halloween style decor
0: it is about that time of year
1: no but it was it's too early man there's too much pumpkin here there's too much (laughs) skeletons but it was amazing there was a fake fire in between the two seats like a campfire but not real but it made you feel as though you were in a haunted house a mobile haunted house and uh what was playing Gooch gang
0: Little Pump was playing. Pump that was is the playing. scariest thing Wait, in the no, world. no, it went
1: from Little Pump. Yeah, that is the <laughs> scariest thing in the world. Well, it's Halloween after all. It was the exact experience you would never expect on your way to interview Devon, who is just one of the loveliest people I've ever met.
0: And really. especially, I mean, that's Little Pump is especially unusual compared to what he put out just recently—an incredible album under his own name called Dream Songs, which is one of my favorites. <laughs> is that favorite. your segue? Yeah, that's my segue.
1: <laughs> they are totally different. They're totally right. different. They
0: are different things.
1: I thought the funniest thing about it all was how I had been kind of nervous because I emotionally have been so invested in Devon's music for so many years. So I was preparing to meet somebody and have a conversation. Well, I was preparing to arrive quite... Not subdued. What's the word? I was was composed. Composed. Yeah. With my shit together, and I arrived completely frazzled because I'd been bamboozled by the haunting (laughs) mobile haunting house, haunted house, and and I also had to have to give a shout out, Lift. You you really have uh, spooked us all. Yes, spooky son of a bitch. So dream songs which is his most recent album.
0: It's one of my favorites of the year. I love his lyrics. I was so jealous that you got to meet up with him right before a show at Constellation, which is my favorite venue in Chicago. Tell
1: the listeners a little bit about Constellation because I think it's the one, whenever anyone asks after they hear that we live in Chicago, they ask, what is your favorite venue? And it is most often Constellation at the top of our list. Why?
0: It is Connected through ownership, to my favorite bar in the city, Which Hungry is? Brain. Yes. It's changed a bit in the last few years, but it's still incredible. And also, uh, Constellation is like a giant black box theater with mm. uh, theater seating that they pull in and out. And it's just very focused. You're not distracted by anything. You're just in the moment with musicians. A they, do time a, warpy too. they do a lot of jazz. They do a yeah. lot of experimental. They do a lot of modern classical. Just a lot of really interesting music.
1: And you really have to check it out anytime you come in. The booking is so fantastic. They don't really worry about what is the most current or what is the most buzzworthy. Lil they just Pump know won't the... be
0: performing there.
1: What? Lil Pump's performing there? No, won't. Wait, Lil Pump's performing there in the lift that I went into the <laughs> interview with Post Malone? What?
0: He's going to drive onto the stage at Constellation.
1: Yeah, that's what. In that's a water bottle outfit. Again, constellation, A Star Is Born. Who oh enjoyed A Star Is
0: Born? Oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> I'll stop talking about it eventually. But this is not a comedy podcast, if you were wondering. So tell me a little bit more about your love for Devin. Let's go. So I a little really
0: bit more. the one that hit me the hardest was the last album as Magical Clouds in 2015, Are oh. You Alone? I mean that one brought me to tears so many different mm-hmm. times.
1: It also featured, I should mention Our other favorite, Owen
0: Ballard. Hopefully a future guest of the show. Yes. And also, you might know him, fellow Twin Peaks fanatics. You might know Devin as the son of Wyndham Earl actor Kenneth Welsh, who also played on that album. He played flute. Isn't that incredible?
1: I think that it's such a fascinating relationship, uh, the father and son relationship in general just from a macro perspective. And then when you look at both their careers and see the trajectory of both of them i think that it's it's really exciting and we do touch on it a little bit in the conversation uh we talked about kenneth specifically about how his dad was an inspiration for devon to become a performer in the first place and we also discussed singing in a metal band as a teen and the courage that it took to actually just start releasing music under his own name uh what else do we chat about? We chatted about the benefits of driving a rental car on tour as opposed to being driven around in a tour bus and also getting to meet nineties alt rockers live backstage as a child. I, I gave away so many spoilers now. But
0: you don't know what the crazy twists and turns are in that live story. And you don't know when it's coming in
1: episode twenty seven.
0: But if you had a similarly rad experience that would make us all jealous, like meeting live backstage as a child,
1: mm-hmm. you
0: need to let us know this. You listeners need to let us know.
1: <laughs> you listen, here, yeah, listeners. Listen.
0: Leave us a note about that best concert experience. Do it. But do it as a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and we will shout you out on the air.
1: We will. We will talk about you. We will name you. We won't shame you.
0: So don't forget, five-star review. Mm-hmm. Put it everywhere. Rate us. Review us on wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is the best way for other people to find the show and for us to continue to be able to do it and get great guests that you'll love to hear. <laughs> also, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. At TMBTGPod. Pod.
1: I hate that we do that and we do it every week it's we're obsessed with it now. I like doing we're just, it we uh, just I, li- I like I doing, like doing it. it honestly these are all incredible suggestions and let us not be as distracted from this week's wonderful chat let's get into it this is me and the wonderful Devin Welsh enjoy <laughs> Hi. I feel bad that I've just imparted my knowledge of my lift drive on the way here to you. No, it's good. It's <laughs> Just fine. to like expel my energy.
2: Yeah, yeah. In some way. No, I mean, I don't know, I don't have much experience with unusual
1: lift car yeah. interiors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: With unusual designs.
1: How do you get around tour wise? Are you tour busing?
2: Uh, I'm driving okay. a uh, Honda Civic. Like a twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen oh, wow. or something. It's a it's a, a rental car. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: So, w- where are you based?
2: So, I am based in Montreal, Quebec, ah. and I rented a vehicle there, and then you drove. Just drove down. Yep, yeah, did a few dates down the East Coast. So, yes. Now I am coming from Detroit. Uh, we were in Detroit last night, and before that, Toronto. Before that, Washington DC, New York boston new hampshire
1: so you're driving yourself yep it's pretty easy right
2: oh yeah yeah yeah. is
1: is that how you've always done it
2: um yeah either i was driving or my friend tyler used to do a lot of driving uh when he was working as a tour manager front of mm-hmm. house for okay. us okay but uh yeah always just either driven a minivan or yeah of yeah
1: so is, is that by choice or is it just something that you're used to doing?
2: It's by... It's just like the most economical yes. way of touring.
1: Yeah, yeah, just driving yourself. And then at least you don't have to wait for anybody and
2: yeah, <laughs> you yeah. can plan
1: your own schedule.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a tour bus or anything like that. I'm definitely not like doing music <laughs> on that level, so... I just drive wherever I'm going.
1: But before we get into it, I have to say congratulations on the album. Oh, thank you. It's really, really wonderful. Um, I don't want to gush too much about it because I don't know how professional that is. But it's really really moving. And there's a lot of hope in it. I know that you wrote that uh, accompaniment with the album. Yeah. So how much of you has shifted... Obviously, that's a really loaded question. But how much of you has shifted in order to make something like this now?
2: Yeah, I guess some of m- part of who I am has and some hasn't. Uh, I don't know. It's hard to kind of like put down a marker mm-hmm. at certain points in life and really understand mm-hmm. how you're changing as a person over time. But yeah, um, from the last Magical Clouds album to this one... There was a few years in between, and I guess my understandings of like what I wanted mm-hmm. my life to be and what I wanted my relationship to, with music to be mm-hmm. evolved. I mean, it's still kind of an open question what music means in my life. It's still something that I'm, I guess I'm trying to figure out.
1: That sounds right, though. As a creative, it would be a bit bizarre if you had all the answers straight away like isn't yeah. that part of at least for me the creativity the process is part of the discovery like i have no idea what's going to happen yeah when i first start to write but then figure it out as i go so i can imagine but yeah. do you feel people expect you to know exactly what you're doing or because you do have an identity you do have a feeling like mm-hmm. when you see your name or you see magical clouds. It is a feeling.
2: Yeah, that's Um, good. I mean, that's, you know, I would hope that to be the case. I mean, I guess maybe it's just more in terms of, um, what it means to be a musician and, you know, what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it.
1: Especially nowadays. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Especially nowadays. And just, I think my experiences doing music initially were sort of, I wasn't really thinking about those things. I was Mm. just kind of doing what you know, seem to be the way to be a band. And I think uh, as I get older, I want to sort of discover more what it means for me to be a musician and how it'll, how I can be happy doing that and yeah. how I can do it in a way that's right for me.
1: And fulfilled, absolutely, yeah. as you change. Yeah. You started a while ago, which means that sure. you've matured and, and experienced things as you go. So that makes... It's, it's nice to hear as well because yeah. there's a lot of people that get stuck in one way in their art because people like it yes. and they're afraid to shift because maybe people might not shift with them.
2: Yes, absolutely. Did you ever have
1: that moment when you decided to leave the Magical Cloud's name for, yeah. for now, for the timing? Did you have that moment of like, shit, this is, this is going to be hard?
2: Um. Yeah. I I mean, I thought about it, but it just it's never more important than, I don't know, like moving forward with your life in the way directions that you want to go. Right. Like it was, yeah, definitely a consideration. Oh, wow. You know, I'm, I'm this is really working. People like this. And it's, you know, it's all set up. You know, mm-hmm. I can keep touring mm-hmm. and keep doing my thing. But then again, I those reasons seem to be n- not the best reasons to keep something going if if you're not satisfied mm. in other ways. Mm. And I think I just wanted to, uh, or, or not wanted, but it, it just seemed happened. Yeah, it yeah. just happened that I I wanted to move on. I wanted to to do have a different perspective on my life and mm. yeah.
1: And now that the songs are out and you, I mean, most of your music is so wonderfully, uh, I don't want to say intimate because it isn't in a way because it is quite, it's quite spread out in a sense, Mm. uh, melodically, but is there a sense of your own self and the things that you've gone through that you feel sometimes it's hard to perform and it's hard to tour and it's hard to rehash those, those messages?
2: Sometimes live? Um, well, I don't play old songs. I don't play old Magical Cloud songs. I mean, I think if I did that, it would be kind of strange for mm. me because it's just music that was written by somebody who is much younger. And yeah. I don't really, re- I don't, there's just when a song is about a personal experience that resonated mm. when you were 24, if you're much older and you're playing those songs. I think that could be weird, but
1: mm. no, it's
2: not Yeah, I not never diffi- really
1: thought about it like that. Like thinking about like the Rolling Stones and all those bands like playing songs that they wrote when they were so young.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, it is it is strange. Maybe it's
1: easy to sing them all so many times then, like sing the hits because it's like, oh, they can disconnect, you know?
2: Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't I wanna... know. Yeah, there's something. <laughs> it's so strange. It is, yeah, it is. But yeah, yeah, no, it's not difficult playing the new material. I mean, I haven't really toured in a while so that's an adjustment it has its own difficulties yeah
1: it's so many moving parts which is why it gets difficult and i think that also sometimes when we say difficult people don't really understand what that difficulty means mm-hmm. like it could necessarily mean something tiny like you know having to be stuck in a car for a bunch of hours and mm. going crazy sure. or meeting people constantly and having to constantly face people yeah i don't know for me like if i go out and on to work and travel which i do all the time if i'm like even away for two weeks but i come home and i have to like shut out everything for like a yeah. while <laughs> yeah do you do that as well yeah or do you... <laughs> yeah yeah
2: yeah oh definitely yeah i mean my life uh when i'm not touring is very mm. i spend you know i spend a lot of time i like to spend a lot of time alone or you know just doing things that are not very like this mellow. Yeah. yeah and so being then going out on the road it's just like a mm. it's it's more just a, a a sudden lifestyle change that's like oh now you're this m- is who you're talking are. to a lot right. of strangers and you're yeah. performing and you're spending a lot of time traveling and mm. uh it's great but it it, it is um, it does take a lot of energy too.
1: Does it feel though the the gap between where your project before this and now and with your own material does it feel a little bit of a recharge and and the shows do they have they felt a little bit not easier but just new and fresh for you?
2: For sure. Yeah, they feel they feel different mm-hmm. than when I was playing music a few years ago. That's for sure. I mean in all kinds of ways. At that time, I, I, I just was sort of, I didn't fully identify with like what mm. I was doing. I mm. was kind of dissociated from yeah. it in certain ways.
1: How, wh- how, what happened? How come?
2: Um, I don't know. Just
1: easier way to deal with your art or?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think there's a lot of factors. Mm. I don't know.
1: So now today's your last tour. So tomorrow you leave mm-hmm. and then when's the next catch?
2: in a couple of weeks well first in a few days we play pop montreal it's yes. a festival in montreal yeah and i was it, just
1: in montreal now actually for the first time oh if nice you, i was i went to oceaga Ochi, yeah. festival yeah 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 but montreal is really special yeah,
2: yeah and pop montreal is a different kind of festival than oceaga it's more you know venues around the city
1: yeah showing off the city yeah Okay, so you do that next?
2: Yeah, and then after that uh, we're going to the West Coast and we go from Vancouver and then we go down to San Diego.
1: Do you remember the first show that you ever played? The first time you ever performed?
2: The first time I ever performed was when I was, I think, 13 years old at a show at a community center. Oh, wow. We (laughs) are playing with my friend's band. I was the singer and it was kind of a... I guess like a metal kind yeah. of band, but it was not <laughs> very good, yeah.
1: <laughs> what What made, is that what you were listening to at the time?
2: That's just what my friends were listening to, okay. and so they play. were playing music as a three-piece, and then yeah. they needed a singer, and I was, um, I hung out with them, and I was into kind of performing, I guess, so... Is that you know. did that
1: come from your dad? Cuz I know it's such a linear question, yeah. but obviously having a father in the industry yeah. that is so, you know, I even remember your dad in a lot of movies. So yeah. seeing somebody so close to you as well doing that and having that as their job. Yeah. Uh, was that something that, that you saw and thought like I can I can bring that into the stage?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Sure, yeah. So cool. Just in terms of yeah, feeling Confident. Yeah, feeling confident yeah. about performing or just, you know, yeah, having kind of experiences growing up, doing things like that with him.
1: Did he, did you go to your first show with him? Like music show?
2: Mm, no, I didn't. The first band I ever saw was uh, a band called Live. <sighs> That's like, they were like yeah, one of the, the first that
1: I saw as yeah. well. Oh, they yeah. like came to South Africa a lot, yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I saw them play in Toronto. <laughs>
1: oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah. They were really good. I don't yeah. want to, like, I used to sing those songs all the time, like, with my friends.
2: Yeah, they're the best, that's yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. They're like
1: on a tour now with uh, Counting Crows, I think. Oh yeah, that yeah. makes sense, yeah. <laughs> that makes yeah.
2: sense. Yeah. So
1: that was the first.
2: That was the first concert that I ever saw.
1: So you grew up in Montreal. Your home. No, I
2: grew up uh, like north of Toronto. Okay. Yeah, like an hour north of Toronto.
1: So then, what was what were the things that you were listening to other than cool '90s classic rock? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I actually, I guess I listened to Live a little bit. It was it. I listened to them almost after the concert. It was more that um, the singer of the band was in kind of the same spiritual community as my mother was and so there was sort of this like multi-level connection to that group and so I think her and some of her other friends that were that were in the community in that community all Mm -hmm. went to the show and then she brought me oh
1: and so yeah how old were you
2: I think I was probably 12
1: okay Yeah. yeah
2: and I remember going backstage and meeting the singer ed Ed kowalchuk briefly (laughs) and
1: uh that is his name yeah so weird that we i know his name because i have not listened to that band
2: yeah so you went
1: back and met him
2: yeah i met him yeah and then i think it was the drummer gave me a signed drumstick (laughs) and then i kept that drumstick i still have the drumstick i think it's probably at my dad's house
1: you have that drumstick yeah was that <laughs> yeah was that the thing that you did often like got things signed was no that, okay never never no <laughs> was i was the only
2: i wasn't that kind of child i have friends yeah. that were like that where they're very precocious kind of like they Summer. have all yeah. these things that they got signed i think it was he maybe gestured he made the gesture <laughs> himself it was like oh do you want this and it's like yeah of course sure
1: i'll take that something drumstick. Like that. yeah did you even do you play the drums no. Okay. No. <laughs> so what did you that do? That was
2: just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know <laughs> why. Yeah. I don't know
1: why I find it very funny. But I yeah. think there is like a missed, like there's like a miscommunication sometimes because bands think like that's the whole spoof with like signing babies' foreheads and stuff. Yeah, Like, yeah, yeah. Where, like that you see yeah, it, famous people doing the craziest shit. Has anyone ever asked you to sign something
2: oh. bizarre? no okay i don't know so drumsticks so. from <laughs> no no i never signed any drumsticks or no i don't i can't think of anything i don't think yeah i can't do you think of sign
1: anything. often like is that something that if anybody ask you
2: yeah sure because
1: you are very recognizable you have yeah. a very distinct look
2: oh but it's more like i'll sign things at shows okay it's not like someone in the would see me in the street yes. no 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 I don't think that I would really want that for my no. life, to be honest. No. If someone like buys a record, or if they want me to sign something, I w- would sign it no problem. Yeah. So
1: that was the last thing that you got signed. Have you ever gotten anything else signed other than that drumstick?
2: No. It's kind of. I my... love that
1: you still have that drumstick, though.
2: I probably also have the all-access pass <laughs> from that. Really? Yeah, just because it was one of the few. Mm. I I was not the kind of kid that keeps things or really seeks out make building collections of really anything, mm. and so mm. I think because I had those things, they I ended up keeping them, and they never got lost in any kind of yeah. bigger collection of anything, and probably never threw it out because they probably got into some <laughs> kind of special box. <laughs> that i had when i was that age and then why do
1: we create special boxes it's really it's actually very because i think adults would really yeah. uh, do well with special boxes because we lose shit all the time yeah but it is such a sweet thing to do when we're younger there's like a really beautiful pure innocence about like keeping the things that like mean a lot to you
2: i still yeah. do that i still yeah. have a box that if something has sentimental value to me i put it in the box yeah And no, I don't let anyone go into the box. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be embarrassing or whatever, but then there'll be, I've contained everything. I used to have all this stuff at my dad's and then I contained it down to one suitcase. And whenever I open that suitcase, it's always, I guarantee that I will cry and that I'll go through all this stuff and I'll be like, weeping and have this really intense experience with it
1: yeah I like hate to devalue what you're saying because I'm relating but I have one, I have a suitcase that's like a yeah. box no I hope everybody home. does I yeah. know yeah. I think that it's really important I don't know why there's like something really beautiful about keeping things that matter that aren't I don't know just not it's not like a bad version of hoarding it's just a really nice way to kind of zip back into moments yeah Cause I don't know about you but like my memory is just horrendous, so Mine I don't, is, like, I don't know how to feel. I only feel, actually, through music, so if I, like, heard your music during a time in my life, I'll, like, be able to know what happened then, Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. so it's like music would be the key to it, but no, I wouldn't know what who it was or what day it was.
2: Yeah, right, yeah, <laughs> my memory is really bad as yeah. well, and... <laughs> yeah I yeah I guess it's nice to keep things so that you can recall memories and recall ways that you felt Mm. about something it's like yeah it's crazy to to read an old diary and to see the way that you were thinking about your life and who you were and it's just yeah there's it's almost too much sometimes. Yeah, I
1: know. Like, you get too much into it. But isn't your music similar to that in a sense, of a placeholder, essentially, of where you were at at the time?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I I don't listen to any of my old music. Like, I'll listen to old demos if something hasn't been put out, but then if it's Mm -hmm. been released, then I'll almost never listen to it again. I don't know, I guess for that reason, just... I don't really want to go back and reflect on.
1: Sometimes, just too heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: There's too much in it. There's too many memories that, like, I yeah. just don't really. There's, there's not really a point for me to go back and think about that.
1: Well, sometimes you need that capacity to withstand it, and like, it's so hard to go back there sometimes. Yeah. Like in little bits, it's fine, but but that's how I kind of feel. When I wanted to speak to you, I felt quite, I don't want to say emotional, but it's very difficult to listen to your music and not feel something. It's like a total moving magical moment, which sounds crazy because that's yeah. that stupid word. But you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, uh And it's sometimes difficult to also... I never, ever want to put you in a place, especially because of the new batch of of songs and this new project. Yeah. I never want to put you into a place that it isn't where you are, but how do you, how do you relate to yourself and this batch of songs looking at it now in a few years time? Will you not be able to, to look at it or listen? (laughs) Maybe not. I
2: don't know. Yeah. It's hard to say. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, probably I won't, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I can't tell whether me not listening to old music that I've released is some kind of, um, you know, like if I if I had more of like a healthy sense of like mm. love for myself, yeah. I would be more okay listening to it, or whether I don't know, I don't know what what the know. psychology I of it a, is.
1: I don't know. Yeah, that's a little harsh, maybe. Yeah, but maybe. I, 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 to, I do relate. I, I think. I think that it is difficult to see yourself as a different entity, like as you are not that person anymore. Yeah, it's hard to it's hard to do that. But yeah, what made you? go into this where did you get that little bit of confidence from not to say that I'm like shocked I'm very pleased and very grateful but what made you think this is just really what I need to do now I need to leave that project and do it on my own
2: it honestly wasn't really confidence it was just um I think it was just like a withdrawal like letting go of something it wasn't oh I need to move forward I mean I need to do this on my own it was just like I feel very overwhelmed and Mm. I feel kind of chaotic Mm. and um, I'm sort of struggling to stay like above water and so I need to change something in my life Mm. and I need to let go of this because it's too Mm. confusing and complicated to me whether it was objectively or not, it was just the way that I was relating to right. to it at the time. Right,
1: absolutely, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah.
2: Um, and there was just a lot of things going on in my life that are, you know, just like personal stuff. But yeah, it, it wasn't really confidence, it was just say goodbye to that and yes. who knows what happens Start next. Start
1: something f- new, yeah, yeah.
2: But but... Yeah, who, and then it was a while of really figuring out what I would do next and what my relationship with music was going to be like. Mm. And um,
1: So how is it now? It's good. Yeah.
2: It's really good. It, it, <laughs> it felt like... Yeah, it, it really does feel be- like I kind of went from zero in terms of my sense of... Yeah, It it, it, it probably sounds weird for someone on the outside, but I really... Lost all sense of being a musician or mm. of trying to do anything, you know, with it publicly mm. or as a career, or anything like that. It was kind of like zero. That's yeah. not it. That's totally so gone. It's not
1: here. Yeah. And then
2: I think it's nice because I've gone from that now to feeling it's been a, a, a long, sort of slow uphill of writing the songs mm. and slowly working on the recordings. And that was a whole process of finding confidence and finding a sense of kind of the purpose of music and figuring out releasing it. And that was a whole process. And now here and the album has come out and, you know, did all the videos and Mm. did the everything around the physical release and played the shows. And, you know, so I feel like I've kind of, I'm sort of learning how to ride a bike again or something and I feel like I'm really riding it now and it yeah. feels yeah
1: and especially this collection of songs as well I can imagine it's so much not fun but I can imagine it's really enjoyable to to play live as well yeah yeah,
2: yeah. I think with Magical Clouds there was a lot of I guess there was just like painful things about some of the music that I played mm. and so I think maybe on some level there was a bit of that just got a bit uncomfortable after a while to be kind of like, okay, your thing is now you're going to like put this kind of painful stuff yeah. out there and, f- yeah. and feel it. Um, and so with this music, there's a lot more, I can connect with it more when I'm playing with it in mm-hmm. terms of a sense of like sharing good feelings and kind of there's a lot of love in it that, you know, makes it feel good to play.
1: Was there like a misconception you think about you before this album came out? Do you think that there was some sort of idea about you that wasn't necessarily completely true? Uh,
2: I don't think so. I think it's just maybe just the way that what music was doing for me changed, I guess. I think maybe mm. when I was younger, I don't know. I When I was a lot younger, I wasn't very good at kind of expressing my feelings yeah and expressing yeah. my emotions and kind of actually expressing them to myself thinking mm. about what was going on inside of me mm. and then at a certain point I think music kind of became this vehicle for me to do that and that was I think what Magical Clouds was was uh, it was really for the first time I was kind of engaging with my own in interior life in a real way, rather than kind of repressing my emotions. So there was a lot of stuff that was kind of worked through mm. in that music, mm. and now I feel like I'm not. It's not the same kind of feeling. It's yeah. More, it's more. I, music has has a more positive feeling for me like I I want to make music to kind of to share good feelings with people and to make something that that is like helpful and comforting to people or something like that yeah
1: is that something that you want when you watch shows live is that something that you want to feel yeah like when you see shows do you get to see a lot of uh, performances not really I don't really
2: go out to shows I don't really I haven't really listened to much music in the last couple of years but um is
1: that just because it's just been too difficult to face things or just because it just wasn't the way that you no. passed your time
2: yeah it's just not the way i passed my time what i don't do you know do? in the place of listening to music i listen to i'll read books yeah. or you listen to audiobooks or podcasts or things like that uh i kind of shifted more towards that i still listen to music i, I just Maybe at a younger age, I was more really...
1: Obsessed. Yeah. yeah, kind
2: of put a lot of energy into discovering new music and, mm. and, and that kind of stuff. And and just lately, I, I listen to, you know, my old favorites and otherwise... Yeah. You know, yeah.
1: You've chatted a lot about having a little bit of anxiety before you know, when you're touring and or when you're performing. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that feels like an old story for you. I don't know if that's a proper assessment, but not to say that having anxiety is not a recurring thing. Yeah. It's for a lot of people. But how how come you felt so open to talk about it? Because I think it's so needed and so necessary that people don't really speak about it often.
2: I I guess I have shared it. I, I don't know that I have shared it fully. Mm. Um, There's no no, like nothing kind of compelled me to share that. I don't know. It's just Mm. part of who I am. It's just, you know, you know, being like an anxious person or whatever, having had experiences with anxiety and depression in my life is... But it's really
1: important i think just in general just as an artist as well to share that you know for people who may be going through the same thing
2: yeah Um, yeah people shy away
1: from that stuff and then also take it so seriously that there's nothing you can do about it so it's like oh you say the word and then you feel dark and you feel deep and you're in the hole and then you can't do anything about it so
2: yeah i uh I have been, uh, I've done a few things recently to be working on my anxiety and my relationship to stress and stuff like that. And, oh, really? Um, I, I I started meditating and I recommend that to anybody that deals yeah. with anxiety and uh, stretching mm. is also really good. Yeah. Uh, drinking a lot of water <laughs> yeah. and having a good diet and then regular exercise all of those things have made a big difference yeah, in my life. Yeah. They do. Life. Stretching
1: yeah. is such a it's it's such a strange thing to say but it absolutely works. Yeah. I think there's also a meditative space that you go into when you stretch. Yeah. So Yeah. Is there a place that you've been wanting to play? Is there a, a country that you wanted to visit on especially with these songs? Is there a place that you've wanted to go?
2: I would play anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. There's no I would love to go, well, some of my ancestors in Mm. my family were from, uh, like, Hungary, Romania area in Mm. Europe, and I've never been there before. Oh, wow. Yeah. So one day I'd like to go there just to kind of, you know, see what it's like. Yeah. That would be great. And then also I've always wanted to go to Asia, to to China and Japan. I would love to do that. Yeah yeah
1: you should totally do that yeah you need to you need to get a. am sure that you would book a show there in a heartbeat but even just to travel
2: even just to travel i know yeah so
1: just great to go uh, you know not not with the music but you know just have a time
0: off
2: yeah exploring either way i had actually spoken to my cousin about this recently who's my younger cousin who uh, we had talked about the idea of going to China, I think it was. and I, yeah, so maybe it' it'll, it'll happen.
1: And you're smiling very... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're no. excited. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah. No, you should I'd try love to go. go. I'll, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'd, lo- I'd love to go.
1: Well, thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank uh, it's you. It's really been wonderful chatting. I'm sorry that it's so formal holding microphones.
2: No, not no, it's As natural it's great.
1: as it would have been.
2: Yeah. One of the things that's so fascinating to me about speaking recording a conversation is how it like (laughs) creates a level of artificiality when there's like the fake spectator (laughs) of the recording that is not even real (laughs) but it's and
1: you're talking to a totally imaginary this audience right now does not exist right now i know
2: exactly it's a beautiful existential moment that (laughs) they do
1: not exist